Welcome to the Jack Weston MCAT Podcast with your host, Phil Hawkins. And Asai Calderon Muñiz. All right, welcome back, everybody. We're going to be continuing our discussion on personality. Where does it come from? Um, <laughs> today, like the last couple of weeks, we've been talking about kind of different perspectives on personality. The trait theorist, the psychoanalyst, we talked Freud, we talked uh, the humanists like Carl Rogers. Um, today, we want to kind of like round that up and wrap up the other big major theories on where does personality come from? Um, I'm pretty, pretty, it's a pretty interesting thing. And like a lot of these people, it's kind of strange, but I feel like a lot of these people, the scientists that we're talking about, we're kind of all alive at the same time. And they're all kind of like arguing with each other, which is kind of fun. <laughs> Um, but one of the first ones we want to talk about is probably somebody that like, even with just a, a simple, like kind of, I, I don't want to say simple, but like a beginner look into psychology, um, pretty much everyone's got an idea of what's going on with Skinner, right? Um, BF Skinner, who is famous for his behaviorist perspective. Um, and so even if you, uh, you know, haven't read up specifically on what Skinner is going to think about personality, you can probably make a pretty good guess because Skinner is all about this operant conditioning. Now we've talked about operant conditioning in other um, other episodes of the podcast, but really it just comes down to like punishments and reinforcements, um, stuff that you are rewarded for. You're going to do more of later in your life. Stuff that you're punished for, you're going to do less of later on in your life. So according to Skinner, what personality traits you have are really just. Uh, accumulations of the punishments and reinforcements that occurred early in your life. Um, Skinner famously had this this idea that I could like I could raise somebody who would be a pillar of honesty if every time they told the truth I rewarded them and every time they told a lie I punished them. And so if if like I had a kid who came to me and is like, hey, I wrecked the car, I'm like, oh, good job for telling me the truth. Here's another car. Or here's something like what's going to happen is that person is never going to lie to you, right? Because they're they're getting rewarded every time they tell the truth. And if they're severely punished every time they lie, eventually they're just going to be a pillar of honesty. Now, likewise, you could also do the opposite, right? Like you could reward somebody every time they lie and then punish them every time they told the truth and it was unpleasant. And what's going to happen is they're never going to tell the truth when it's an unpleasant truth. They're always going to lie. And um, it's kind of an interesting thing, but I think that there definitely is something to this. Um, this is why I feel like this this affects a lot of parenting when people mm -hmm. are like thinking like, okay, you know, somebody like my kid did something bad, but then they told me the truth. Like, how am I supposed to deal with this? Right? Like, I, I want to reward them for telling the truth, but punish them for the bad thing they did. And Warning to uh, walk that line is is kind of tricky because if you punish too severely, what's going to happen is they're never going to tell you when something bad happened. Um, and that's just kind of a tricky walking a fine line of, of parenting, but also just like being an older sibling or being a teacher or being a mentor to somebody. That's something um, that you kind of have to think about. Yeah, there's so much that goes into that. I know we've definitely talked about <laughs> the relationship with parenting with these topics in the past. I think when we did the episode on um, operant, and I think we did them separately, operating classical conditioning, mm -hmm. uh, just a quick note for punishments and reinforcements. They can get a little tricky to keep track of with the combination of positive and negative. 
So if you haven't heard that episode, I would strongly recommend that you go take a listen to it, that you do um, a quick way that you can make sure that you remember or can uh, differentiate between them is just to draw a two by two table and be able to fill it in with examples, positive, negative, punishment, reinforcement. um, And that can be really helpful. I just wanted to briefly mention that as a reminder, since that's testable, very testable. Especially gets more complicated when you start to add in like reinforcement schedules, like it'll be like variable ratio, positive punishment. And um, you definitely need to get that stuff down. But um, if we went into that here, that'd be the whole episode, um, which is why we did a whole episode on that in the past and recommend listening to that if you haven't. Yeah. So shifting gears to another perspective that we think about when it comes to um, personality and just how we behave as people um, is the social cognitive perspective. And so just before we talk about who and what, the social cognitive perspective takes into account social, right? So societal factors, it takes into account our cognitive factors, and then of course our behavior. So it's this trifecta and three-way combination. And so the big name that you need to know for this um, perspective is Albert Bandura. And you may have actually already heard of Albert Bandura because I learned today that he was in, I think it was 2002, was found to be the fourth most cited psychologist only after Freud, Skinner, and Mm -hmm. Piaget, who we've talked about all of these folks in Mm -hmm. this podcast, um, was a Canadian-American psychologist, um, actually got into psychology almost as an accident. He felt he didn't have a whole lot to do in his mornings. And so he took a psychology course and then ended up loving it. (laughs) So just a plug to do things that are different. You never know what you might enjoy and you might become a world-renowned psychologist. (laughs) (laughs) By accident. yeah, Exactly, by accident. Who would have thought? Um, He also received the... Um, I'm going to get this correct. The Order of Canada, which is a Canadian state order, second highest honor for merit, um, only after the Order of Merit passed away fairly recently in 2021. But really an interesting person to read about um, and a very huge contributor to the way that we think about behavior and personality today. So a lot there. Um, he pioneered, right, so this this field like we talked about, but also this idea of reciprocal determinism. And so these three components that we talked about are cognitive um, knowledge, reasoning, society, and social norms, and then behavior, how we actually act, all influence one another. And so these don't exist in isolation. Our personality and our behavior is a combination of these. And so we, right, internally have these thoughts, these reasons, um, cognitive processes, we act and we influence our environment. But similarly, the environment that we're in can influence us and can influence um, how we think about things and how we end up behaving. And so none of these things occur in isolation. I think one of the best examples of this is actually work and school. So if you think about it this way, right, you're at a job, we're going to use two different scenarios. And I think one of these will be more applicable to us than the other, Phil. <laughs> but you're at your job and you don't like your job. And so you are, you know, you go in every day and you're frustrated. You don't like what you do. And so you're kind of snarky and have a short temper. 
And so you have that internal process, you have how you're behaving, and you're influencing your environment because now the people around you are like, well, this person's just mean all the time. <laughs> and so then they start behaving similarly to you, right? So you've influenced your environment and now your environment is changing and they become more negative. And now you dislike your job even more because now you have another reason to dislike it. And you're like, well, I don't like my job because the people are mean. <laughs> and so y'all have just ended up in this very unfortunate um, whirlpool, negative whirlpool. Yeah. Uh, positive, there you positive go. Feedback positive loop. feedback loop. <laughs> mm -hmm. uh, know the biological positive feedback loops, oxytocin in right. childbirth. <laughs> um. And so in that case, right, there is reciprocation going back and forth and determinism influence happening. Whereas on the flip side, if you enjoy your job, right, and you like what you do, you think that people are really nice, um, the cognitive, the behavioral are positive, your environment then is encouraged to be more positive because people are like, oh, yeah, you're a pleasant person to be around. I'll leave the snarky <laughs> comments for that first person who was mean. <laughs> Um, and all of those things can work together to shape um, who we are and how we act. Yeah, that it's it's really all just about those three pillars, right? Mm -hmm. With what's going on in your head, what's going on in your environment, and how you act. And each one of those, like you said, just kind of affect each other. And that's the reciprocal portion of this. Um, and so Albert Bandura kind of had this idea that like, oh, it isn't really like you know, all one thing or another, like everything is kind of mixed up, right? Like if I had grown up in uh, New York City, I would be a different person. My personality <laughs> would be different. I would think about things different. I would act differently. If I grew up in China, it would also, I would be different. And so my behavior would change and the way I would see the world is, would change. But you're right, all of these things affect each other in both directions. And I think a lot of times um, the like the directionality can be a little bit tricky to think about. But there's there's a couple of people I've met in my life who like they have really, they're just very charismatic and I like love to be around them and they make me feel better to be around them. And I often think that the world is going to respond and react differently to those people. Like as they kind of go throughout life versus somebody who's very pessimistic and annoyed and angry all the time like the world is going to be kind of a like not it's not going to respond as nicely to that person and so your environment will change in response to the way that you act and the way that you think um so i think that's one of the ones that seems a little bit confusing for students is like wait how does the way i think change my environment i'm like well if you're mean to everyone around you they're yeah. going to act <laughs> differently to respond to you um and so that's a big kind of interesting thing is just kind of like recognizing the 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 bi-directionality, the reciprocation, like each one of these affects the others in this weird kind yeah. of triangle. Yeah. And I think it gives some cre credit to um, the idea of fake it till you make it. This is right. Because if you think about it, you know, th that will, to be very clear, that does not always work. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, having this mentality of, it, it it almost increases your self-efficacy, right? And feeling like you can do something. And you can see how that would change your behavior, how that could then, like you said, change the environment and ultimately produce at least some change in the right direction, even if it doesn't get you exactly where you want to go. Uh, but there is there is some merit 
to that idea, in part because it changes our behavior and influences the outcomes. It's I'm a little bit of a Bandura fan. Um, I'll be honest. The, like, we've expressed there's some people that are like, ah, I don't really love their theories. I love Gordon Allport's thing um, with the trait perspective, which we talked about last week. But I also am big on Bandura. And it's really interesting because a lot of therapies um, kind of will focus on one aspect of this or another. Um, for example, like behavioral cognitive therapy is trying to get you to like change the way that you think about things and to think about things a little bit differently. And so that you can change your behavior. And like, obviously, that has some very strong roots into what Bandura is is talking about is like understanding how your thoughts affect your actions and vice versa and understanding what things trigger you and, you know, trying to learn to deal with that in a healthier way. Um, But it's a super interesting thing. I do want to kind of take a second because Bandura is really important. Um, And there are uh, some other experiments that Bandura has done that the MCAT will test. Now, I want to be clear, this isn't like, where does personality come from? Um, But it is like, while we're on the topic of Bandura, we should talk about it. Um, And one of the famous experiments from Bandura is the Bobo doll experiment. Um, So this experiment is is not so much about personality, but it's about how we learn. Um, And so the Bobo doll experiment was all about learning via modeling. So if you see something, if you see somebody do something, then you can would like do it as well and so they did a uh kind of a famous experiment where they had this bobo doll is what they called it and it was like this big inflatable like um clown and they put would put kids in the room with bobo um this inflatable clown and the kids would just kind of like you know play with other toys kind of around there but if they but if an adult came in and then punched this bobo doll um what would happen is when the adult left, then the kid would go up and punch Bobo. Um, and so this idea that aggression um, can come via modeling, um, which obviously you can kind of think about in like real world effects, um, that if you see somebody be mean, then you would be mean as a result of this. Um, and modeling is a very powerful behavior um, or learning tool. It's something that also just doesn't, it doesn't just exist in humans. Um, there are, uh, tons of famous cases of apes, um, different types of apes doing things. Um, for example, I remember there's a, there's a really great image of an orangutan holding a stick who's trying to spearfish because the orangutan saw humans spearfishing. And so like the orangutan, like there's a video of it, it's just like hitting the water with the stick and just doesn't understand like, why am I not getting a fish? And it's just kind of a funny um, kind of interesting thing watching him trying to mimic that. Um, but there is also, you know, other cases I like to think like specifically in the last year, there's been a really interesting thing um, on the coast of Europe and Africa, the Strait of Gibraltar. Um, there's a um, an orca uh, killer whale that has been attacking boats, um, probably because it got hit by a propeller or something. And that behavior is spreading where now I think that there's been like something like 15 or 20 boat attacks by um, killer whales um, because one of them did it and the other ones are all kind of following suit. Um, I was just reading about it the other day, Um, but it's really interesting that specifically there's one that kind of seemed to have started it who is an older one and the other ones that are all kind of joining in are all younger 
um, kind of pointing to the fact that maybe younger individuals are more likely to do this modeling behavior and start to mimicking the actions of of others. Um, I feel like, uh, and Bandura has passed away since then, but I feel like he would really be interested in this orca behavior because it is like this perfect example of modeling. Yeah, that's why it's so important, you know, the environment that we place ourselves in at times. So obviously there are environments that we can't choose, but there are other environments that we can choose. Um, and just being mindful of that, this, there's so much, it's it's interesting. We study psychology for the MCAT and the psych social section. And I think we really don't give it the credit that it deserves. We focus so much on memorizing the concepts and we end up losing a lot of the concepts because we don't pause to think about how influential and impactful they still are in our everyday lives. Um, <laughs> hopefully going through these topics in the podcast will help it make it more memorable for students. And instead of losing some of those terms and the information we need to know for the MCAT, we can actually retain them better because there's so much richness to what we get to chat about here, what you and I are lucky enough to chat about here. Um, but it is really unfortunate that that's happening. Um, and I will refrain from going into any soapboxes <laughs> yeah. about what we should be doing. Um, but it's it's something to think about. There's On a slightly happier note, there's a video. I don't know if you've had the chance to see it. There was it's some kind of zoo and there's woman holding her child, her baby. Um, and then there's this, uh, I don't know exactly what type of ape it is, <laughs> but it comes over and it's watching and then it goes and gets its own offspring and is like holding it. Mm -hmm. I was like, that is so cute. It sees the the human doing it and then it's like, let me go show you mine. <laughs> I can do it too. Yeah, well, I'll show you. Yeah, that's a super interesting thing. I... um. There's a lot with this, like, modeling stuff and this behavioral stuff. I do kind of want to take just a moment here. And this isn't really a Bandura-specific thing, but specifically talking to those of you who are studying and who are trying to maybe change your behavior. Um, I, I feel like everyone is, at some point, um, is, or maybe all the time, is trying to change their own behavior in some way. Like, I wish I was better at studying more and like staying studying. I wish I exercised a little bit more. That's my big thing. I need to somehow find motivation to go out and run, even though it's 103 degrees out. Maybe I shouldn't. Um, I have that that battle no in my exhaustion. head. It's like, okay, just stay inside for the next eight days because it's going to be over 100 every day. And it's like, ugh, I hate it. But this, I, I there is a lot of this adaptability um, to kind of like go off and kind of a side tangent here that I don't know if we intended to, but in trying to change your your behavior and change the way you think about that, like with uh, like neuroplasticity, younger people are better at kind of changing and adapting to different environments. Um, but as you get older, your brain is not as good at rewiring into different ways. But when you get older, you do have more control over your environment, right? Like a five-year-old has pretty much zero control over their environment and their brain as a result needs to be able to adapt to different things because there is there's no telling what's going to happen tomorrow because mm. they don't have any control over that but at a certain point you get older and then you start to get more control now most people don't have perfect control of your life like i still need to pay rent i still need to 
yep. do this assignment. <laughs> I still need to do these things. But you can have some more control. And so I think about this with the the um, you know environment and behavior portion of Albert Bandura, that if you can mold and shape your environment a little bit better to help you study more, to have, like create the environments that are um, supportive of that, um, <laughs> reduce the friction, if you will, of the the thing that you want to make happen and increase the friction slightly of the things that you want to do less. Like if you feel like, oh, I am playing, like I should be studying, but I just want to play video games and I've just been playing video games too much the last chunk of time. I, I know that this sounds annoying, but make it so that like, okay, I unplug the video game and put it in a drawer and like, I can still play video games, but now it's just like slightly more annoying <laughs> to like get it out and like, you know, when I'm done, put it up. And so by just increasing that friction just a little bit um, for that thing and easing the friction, make sure that your books and stuff that you're trying to study are within easy arms reach and that you don't have your phone and your laptop um, as easily reachable for like YouTube videos and things like that. By changing your environment, you can have a little bit more control and sort of developing the habits that you're looking for. Um, so, for example, yes. for me personally, like keeping exercise equipment out and easily reachable where there's less friction um, to actually get out and do some exercise makes things a little bit easier. Yeah, something that I started doing. So a lot of times we think of those phone app restrictions as for little kids. But yeah. I think yeah. they can be really great for us adults as well, yeah. especially when we're trying to get ourselves to focus more on one thing than another. I have found myself with a little bit of extra time that I did not anticipate having this year um, just because I, I finished some of the rotations. And what I've done to make sure that I can go to sleep at a decent time and not scroll endlessly on my phone or be tempted to start watching a show late at night or anything like that is you can set it up on your phone so that after a certain time, virtually all apps become restricted and you have to <laughs> manually say, okay, yes, give me another minute, give me another 15 minutes, ignore, you know, for today, ignore the time limit for today. That and, you know, you can leave some off. So something like Spotify, which I listen to go to sleep, stays unrestricted. <laughs> but something like, you know, Prime Video or Hulu is <laughs> now restricted. And so I have to manually click, give me another minute, another 15 minutes and there's you feel a little guilty clicking to yeah. ignore it indefinitely for the day so you do 15 minutes and at least you know it'll prompt you, you can either do 15 minutes or you know but it's it can really change our behavior quite profoundly i've noticed that i watch shows a lot less and like once i'm in bed and all i have left is my phone you know on night shift and all those things i need to start leaving it outside of my reach um it does change your behavior quite a bit so I really like that you brought that up because there's a lot of little things that we can do to adjust our own behavior that we don't always think about or that we think of as for little kids or for other people. Yeah. Yeah. That's a that's a real, real thing. I remember when I was studying for the MCAT, it canceled my Netflix and all <laughs> like my video apps just because I knew that I would just sit and watch TV all day if I if it was super easy for me. And so making it a little bit harder, like helped push me in the direction that honestly I was trying to go anyway. Yeah. There's one last kind of way we think about um, our behavior and elements of our personality that we wanted to chat about during this podcast episode. And that's the situational approach to explaining behavior. So up until now, we've talked about internal components. We've talked about how 
um, in the social cognitive perspective, our behavior, the way we think through things, and our environment can all influence one another. Here, things adjust just a little bit and change just a little bit in that our behavior can now become situation-specific. And thinking about, oh, that person's nice. And so we normally think, oh, that's part of their personality. They're nice. But might they be nice in some situations more than others? Yeah. And this is... This is kind of, I guess, related to what we we're talking about with just kind of like your environment yeah. affecting mm-hmm. like the way that you act and think and kind of what's going on with those things. Um, and I think that this is something that everyone kind of deals with at some point or yeah. um, if I if I ever have and like having a disagreement with my significant other, um, most of the time, like five, 10 minutes into this, I'm like, okay, we need to eat, right? Like it's, we're both hungry. That's what's going on. Um, We have this, this habit of at like five o'clock kind of like near the end of the work day, um, we like come together, but like it's still bright out. And so we want to do like yard work and like, or go shopping or like do different things and like go to the library, like accomplish the things that we can do during the day outside of work. Um, and so like, oh, we'll eat later. We'll just have a late dinner. And like, no, no, we sh- we need to eat before yeah. <laughs> we do stuff because otherwise we're going to end up arguing um, because we're both just grumpy and hangry. Um, but there's also something to this, right? Like imagine that you had the worst day at work, right? You worked in a lab and all your experiments failed. Um, like the, none of the gels work and nothing was working. And so your PI... Flashback says like okay i think we're just gonna wrap up this this experiment and we're just we're just gonna kill your project and then like on the way home like you get a your car gets a flat tire and you call your significant other and they say like ah you know what i think we should break up i'm not gonna give you a ride we're done um (laughs) and they break up with you and then you get home and your roommate ate the last banana like you're probably gonna snap and just be like, like, like this is going to lead to a full-fledged fight because they ate the last banana. But really, it's just you have had the worst day, like the worst possible day. And like it's it's not really the banana or your roommate that's the problem, but because they can't escape your um, and you're trapped at home with them. And at the end of this rough day, like they're going to be kind of the target here for this. And so. You can understand that this this idea of your personality is coming and kind of how your personality is being expressed is kind of a like the situation that you're in and the situations <laughs> that have led you to that. Um, there is a scientist who is associated with this. It is not nearly as high yield as Skinner and Albert Bandura. You probably don't need to know this name, but just in case you see it, it's Walter Michel. That's M-I-S-C-H-E-L. Um, so it's Mitchell. Um, for the the um, spelling of that. Um, but Michelle actually had a little bit of a back and forth with Allport, right? Gordon Allport was the one, you know, saying kind of who you are as a person has to do with these traits, right? And the traits that that make you make up who you are. And Michelle's like, nah, there's a lot more of like situational pressures, right? So it's not like the same person isn't always going to act the same way in every environment. Like the environment is going to affect this tremendously, like the pressures and societal pressures and like the environment, like the situation itself is going to affect this. And so you often have this, according to Michelle, this this trait versus state um, 
uh, argument here. Trait being like, who are you? Like it's it's an internal thing versus state is like the state that you're in. I don't mean like Missouri or Kansas or California, mm-hmm. but like the environment that you're in. And so um, Michelle argued that there's a lot of this state-based thing. And so um, your personality comes a lot from that environment. I don't know if you ever heard of this, but people saying, oh, that person's so fake. They act this way, you know, with their family, this way with their friends and this way with their, you know, at their job and whatnot. And I think that this is there's some element that merits being acknowledged that these different, like you said, and like Michelle pointed out, states have an influence. Um, And this goes back to that idea of, you know, reciprocal determinism as well, that our environment influences how we act and what aspects of our personality come through. And, you know, in the few weeks that we've been talking about the different personality theories and and the theorists and perspectives, it's important to realize that this is a very overall complex, not just topic, but way that it manifests, right? Personality is complex. And so I think a lot of times it's really easy to, especially in in areas where things are fast moving, faster paced, more urban areas, to just assume that someone is, you know, this person is nice, this person's just mean, or, you know, attribute things to someone's trait and not consider their state, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, Fundamental attribution error, you name it. Right. (laughs) Um, And so just a reminder for, I think all of us, and something that it's been a reminder for me is just making sure that we remember that people are a combination of who they are, but also situations that they're in, the environment that they're in, and with so much going on in the world today, just keeping in mind to have grace for yourself, but also grace for other people um, as we go about through the madness of life. (laughs) Yeah. And I think that that especially, you know, like I went through that example of somebody having the worst day, right? Like their job, their their um their financial well-being their car broke down and their like relationship all kind of like ending at the same time (laughs) um but and i know that may seem like oh my gosh like what are the odds of that happening um are you running into somebody on that worst day if you are working in a hospital yeah you're going to be seeing a lot of people on their worst day Mm -hmm. um like telling somebody like that they have cancer um, somebody who's in a car wreck, like having yeah. to deliver bad news, you're going to be interacting with a lot of people who are in like situationally very tough, difficult situations. And so that's always something that's kind of hard sometimes to keep in mind. Like, it's like, man, like people are always yelling at me at work. I'm like, oh, that's because everyone is having their worst day and yeah. you are, you are there, right? Just like the roommate who ate the banana is like hard to, like the, they're like I'm I'm the I'm the target here because I'm the one present and so that's something to keep in mind and I know something that is kind of difficult sometimes um, but sometimes you have to kind of go into this as a position and know that maybe my role here is to be a little bit of a punching bag occasionally is just like somebody who is having the worst day like they. Like they're displacing their anger. They feel like they have no control over what's going on Hoping with them mechanism. or their love, loved ones. And so a lot of times they need like a they need to cope with it somehow. And often I'm not saying that that's healthy in the way that they should be doing it. But it's hard as a physician to control the act- actions and activity of everyone. But just having a little bit of understanding that often people are having their worst day. 
in a hospital. So I think that this is something that is particularly important um, for people who are going into into medicine is understanding that situational approach to behavior. Yeah, I am absolutely convinced at this point, having done this for so many years, that every physician, every medical professional, probably every person needs to see a therapist, <laughs> especially in, in the medical profession. Um, so if you guys are still an undergrad and your school has access to it, I would recommend just connect. You never know when when it might be helpful, especially in the madness of studying for the MCAT and the application cycle. I know a lot of people are prepping for interviews right now as this is getting released. And so um, just tap into the resources that you do have available around you and also making sure that you're taking time as you wrap up your MCAT process, as you go through the application cycle and the interview cycle to connect with the people that you care about. Um, it's really important, and we are always happy to have you join us for these podcasts, and we encourage you to connect with those around you as well. 